Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. Pretty interesting action. We'll wait another minute here. This thing starts officially at 12.15. What did you make quickly, real quickly of the uh, of the games yesterday? I thought the, the Bears, the Bears... Lions game was exactly how you suggested. Just sleep through that one or eat through that one or whatever. Um, yeah. Exciting towards the end, I guess, but two really hapless teams. Um, that that Cowboys game, you and I talked about this in the pod. The Cowboys are not a good football team. Yeah, they but have- CeeDee Lamb, I, in all fairness, CeeDee Lamb being out was a big deal. I'm surprised the spread didn't move down more. That being, yeah. said, that being said, their defense was really bad. But those penalties... I'm not just a conspiracist. I'm not. I'm not saying because I didn't yeah. win your bet, but my good. I mean, those are some pretty bad calls out there. But whatever, it's all good. And well, there was a couple that really benefited the Cowboys towards the yeah. end. What are you talking about? That 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 targeting call. Yeah. Uh, well, they could have whatever. It could have gone either way. But listen, they didn't deserve to win it. So I'm not saying. No, they did not. It's, yeah, it's so. okay. You still. I was telling my dad over turkey that you were 16 and one going into yesterday. Remember what happened last time? I lost the game. The market got crushed the next day. All right. Again. So, you know, we just set the stage for it. <laughs> All right, guys. That's Danny Moses. Danny Moses is my partner and Guy Adami's partner on our podcast on the tape, which usually drops every Friday. Today is Friday, but our podcast this week dropped yesterday. We had David Rosenberg of Rosenberg Research. You probably know Rosie. Um, He called the global financial crisis in so many different ways. He was a little early back in 06, 07, but he had the reasons for that calamity uh, dead to rights. Um, Our podcast is called On the Tape. Please follow us in the podcast stores. It is sponsored by CME Group. They also sponsor our Twitter spaces. So thank you guys for joining us. Danny, thanks, man. I mean, talk to me. You wake up last night, I'm sure, like everyone else. They're looking at the futures. They're looking at this news um, about a new variant, a COVID variant. Is this sort of volatility warranted, or were the markets just waiting for any reason, or investors waiting for any reason to hit the sell button? I mean, I think they were looking for an excuse to sell it. I mean, the VIX being up, what, 50% today um, on the current month VIX. I think it's up to like 19 to 28 or something like that. And these airlines, you know, obviously had some had run up. Some of the retail names had run up. But these are pretty drastic moves. If you, you know, we don't know yet what this variant is. We don't know if the vaccine works or not. But I think this is just a little bit more than I would have thought with, you know, Moderna up 23%, obviously, because people are shorted thinking there's no more need or that, you know, the vaccine's going to run its course or all the Niedermeyer stocks you talked about that we had talked about on the show about being dead are kind of coming to life. I just think people were caught a little bit off guard. I personally think it's an overreaction. But here's the thing. I don't think there's an appetite, obviously, if this is like a sustained virus issue for any type of bailout any type of stimulus check. So I think in the background of people's minds, they know that there's kind of maybe no white knight coming here in the background. I think that's part of it. And the other thing I'll say is, not just because they're our sponsor, but CME Group, if you go onto their website, you can watch Fund Futures, basically. And all you really need to see is the difference of 
today, what it's pricing in versus what it was two days ago, a week ago, and so forth. And we've now basically taken any chance of a third rate cut out third rate hike out next year and pretty much any chance of almost two and they push back kind of the first rate hike so you can go on their website and look at it just from a comparison perspective so yeah. all that together but i would tell you dan like is the market da- is is our fed fund futures trading lower because of the variant or are they trading lower the anticipation of variant what it will do to the stock market wealth effect so i don't know it seems like an overreaction to me people just caught off guard they closed out their yeah, yeah, well, they kind of thought of Wednesday as the weekend, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, let's talk about some of the moves. I mean, like, again, like, can you imagine what's the mindset of that person who's paying, you know, literally bidding up Zoom pre-market up 11% or something like that? Like, you know, you're either short, right? And, and, and at that point, you're like, okay, we have a regime change. It's been, you know, a series of just kind of lower highs and lower lows for way too long, you know, and it's just kind of a bit of a coiled spring. So therefore, you're like, I, I don't know, I caught this thing, you know, at the top, and I'm, I don't care. If you're buying it, if you're getting long Zoom, if you're getting long Peloton, if you're getting long, you know, any of these names that were deemed to be pandemic winners in the throes of it, well, you're kind of doing it wrong. I mean, like, it just just makes no sense because the genie's out of the bottle here. We know that um, they'll never have that sort of acceleration or the pickup in in, in activity or engagement or whatever the hell it is, right? Um, going yep. forward, so so that's a little silly. Um, on the flip side of that, airlines. You know, one of the one of the narratives about Zoom on the way up is that it was going to take market share from the airlines going forward. And, and and you know what? Rightfully so. I mean, I think there's a whole host of meetings that we've all been very accustomed to that we would not go to an airport and fly on a plane and get an Uber or Lyft and stay in a hotel and then fly back for and eat at Sparrow and, you know, Annie Ann's and all that sort of stuff. Like, there's a certain amount of meetings that that's done. But the airlines, other than the move that we had early this year in January, February, and into March, that that trade's been dead. I mean, it literally has been dead, right? And so yep. the fact that they're getting absolutely destroyed, you know, I own JetBlue. The, the fact that I, I focused on JetBlue because it wasn't dependent on a lot of that business travel. It wasn't dependent on a lot of those uh, long-haul international routes. Um, it was really domestic. And, and the story before this variant here in the States, every night on Fast Money, we'd fill the bow at like uh, O'Hare or something, you know, talking about all the domestic travel. That's not going to change unless this whatever variant comes next is something that's more lethal than or whatever. So I think baby with the bathwater with the airlines doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. Totally agree. And obviously oil is down a lot today. Obviously, our people believe there's an economic slowdown. You can't have your cake and eat it too, but obviously oil being down is a tailwind, no pun intended, for the airlines also. Yeah. And to see British Air down 15% and, you know, Avis, I would understand. First of all, it's an elevated name, right? It's down 11%. I still think that would have farther to drop. That, to me, being down 30 in the scheme of what we're seeing today would be much more rational. Kudos to Hertz once again for buying back a chunk of stock at 29 bucks a share at the absolute top. I mean, that stock obviously getting hit. But the car rental companies are one, obviously, that you have a follow-on effect, obviously, with the airlines. That's a whole other argument. But I totally agree with you. I think it's knee-jerk. I think it's a lot of short covering on many of these names. I think also the news out that, you know, Merck's pill is not as effective as probably maybe gives a little bit more run to some of these other pharma names being out there. So just bad timing. People caught off guard. A lot of professional investors weren't really paying attention for today, hoping for kind of a day off here. And they're a little bit caught off guard. So, I mean, the, the 210 is now, again, it doesn't matter today because it's such a volatile move. But 
15 basis points or 14 or 15 in the 10 year and maybe you know 12 in the two year um that's we're back under well, let's talk about that danny yeah. all right so the two year is literally down 12 basis points and the 10 years down 13 basis points okay yep. so you have yep. 51 bips versus 1.50 yep that's extraordinary. I mean, the, the the move in the twos, right? So, so what changed? Um, because it was really about the, the the move in the twos. You've been talking about this on on the tape for weeks now, right? Um, yep. And that's the one to watch, and obviously the spread and, and the flattening. But what's going on here today? And then let's talk about bank stocks because the volatility there, the downward volatility, is pretty extraordinary. What do you take away from this move in rates right here? Well, I just think it's, you know, again, on the short era, shorter end up to the two-year on the curve, it's really Fed Fund futures driving it. Right. And like I just mentioned before. So you just you, lobbed off one, exactly. one hike in. Exactly. Yeah. So you lobbed off or pushed it out. But again, is that because the market's down or is that because people leave the variance? So we've talked about this before. Pick your poison on the stock market. Whether you want to be short or not is one thing. But to be long here... What, what is the catalyst to be long the stock market from here going into 2022 on, on valuation? So, again, I think you're right. It was looking for an excuse. As it relates to the 10-year, I mean, continued volatility, obviously. People, again, caught off guard. They were, they were you know, short the 10-year. They're in here covering again today. It's obviously, it's not a liquid day. The bond market's closing early as well, I believe. So, I mean, there's just a lot of positioning going out ahead. And I think a lot of positions were closed out. You know, post expiration on the on on the indices last week, uh, this week was you know obviously a shortened week, and I just think it's people caught off guard. But I don't think that the issue with inflation, obviously, just because there's some type of variant, is gone. And I think in the back of people's mind, what I'm most nervous about is the two ten spread, because I believe, like I said when we just started this a few minutes ago, I don't think there's an appetite to for more bailouts or more PPP or more stim. I don't think. Hopefully, we don't have to get to the point where you have to talk about it. But if that's the true backdrop then you are looking closer and closer at some type of stagflationary environment. So that, yeah. to me, is the ultimate scary part. So I think that's what it's kind of telling us. Listen, there, there could be other stimulus, like, eventually. Like, here's the thing. We are not going into any of these lockdowns that Europe is. I mean, they're just, just not happening, okay? And think about it. I know this sounds crazy, but we are literally about to turn the page on the calendar into 2022, and we have midterm elections coming up, and there is there is no appetite for that. I mean, there's just zero. So that's not happening. Okay, I think you go back to March of 2020, though, who led you know, efforts to kind of mitigate the spread? It was the it was the private sector. Right. When the NBA shut down and a, a whole host of other things. What this does, though, is push out the return to office. If it were something that starts to move right around our country, it's not here yet. I, again, I just don't think no matter what side of the aisle you're on, I don't think there's really any appetite for this unless here's the thing, Danny, unless the current vaccine, okay, does not work against this variant or whatever. I just feel like you want to fade all of this. And so I think there's a bit of an overreaction going on in the markets. I think there's reasons why the stock market should be 10, 15% lower heading into 2022, uh, if that makes any sense. But I don't really think it's going to be like some another black swan event no, I, relates to COVID. I, you know, I think like, like we said, I think the market was looking for an excuse to sell. I think it just proves that the footing is not strong in the market right now and 
careful what you own. And if you have conviction on certain things, this is a great opportunity to either, you know, sell into some strength in these at-home stocks or buy into weakness if you believe the travel stocks are going to make a comeback. And I totally agree with you. The impact we've gotten used to, we'll, we'll you know, we can get up the learning curve here much quicker every time there's another variant. It's not like we don't know the yeah. playbook right now and so forth. So I totally agree. People are either they're vaccinated and they, they, they feel like they can go out in public. Obviously, if there's mandates, that's something different. And I think every european government is you know quickly shutting down travel restrictions and shutting down they're just doing that to be cautious because it, it pays to be cautious here and then they they may open it back up but it doesn't pay it actually doesn't pay to be cautious if you think about the damage that's been done to the global economy i mean at this point with like vaccination rates where they are in the developed world i don't think it does pay to no but it's a but it's a lose lose but it's a win-lose for them if can i tell you something, something this turns out to be really bad for some yeah. reason it is highly deadly and can't be protected then they'll get blamed for not closing the border quickly. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong here. I'm just saying it's a it's a it's it's, it's a really tough position to be, and that's all. I'm all saying. right. So let's talk about today. It, there's basically 35 minutes left in the trading day, and when I'm looking at my my screens, I'm like, this is the sort of day, Danny, that we gap down. I think Carl Quintanilla um, tweeted this out that today was like the biggest gap lower we've had in over a year, which is really interesting if you think of it. Um, and you know, obviously the gap in crude, the move in yields, that sort of stuff. I mean, that's pretty significant, but it feels like if we were open till 4 p.m. Eastern today, this thing would close much well, like very well off its lows. You know what I'm saying? It would have, would have felt like an absolute like knee jerk. And then the move in the bigger risk, ass, risk assets, um, you know, like crude and rates like we just talked about, you know, ultimately would readjust and we'd start to see money kind of coming back in. What's your take on that? And I mean, maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe. I just don't know how short people are in general in the markets. There's so much complacency and you really need i think what people don't realize is whether you like short sellers or not whether you like people that that bet you know bet against the market they're a natural buyer of stocks and markets when they do move lower and there's just not as much short interest as there has as there has been in the past but one thing we should talk about is kind of cryptocurrency here the correlation obviously grows over time when more and more retail people when they treat crypto like they do the stock market and we talked about gamification online gambling you're seeing a much higher correlation on many of these dips and and on uh, uh, upswings for that matter so that's something I, i'm going to watch over the weekend to me is crypto as a sign of market stability i know people may think that's crazy or maybe it's the opposite effect but i, I actually don't because i think from a spending power perspective or a consumer confidence it's having more and more of an impact because it's becoming more pervasive and if you're like me and you spent thanksgiving dinner with your relatives and you had to hear about coins you've never heard of and people trading them you get a little bit sense of shoeshine right when you're taxi cab driver talking about the markets and so forth so i don't know things i think i think we're looking for an excuse to sell all asset classes across the board here and i i watched the crypto over the i'd be curious to your thoughts dan you're much more yeah. we've done crypto watch it over the weekend and see how it kind of behaves because people may say oh well if it's up maybe that's a sign that people believe in crypto more than the stock market I, I get that point a little bit, but I still think it has an impact on the on the wealth effect in the stock market. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, listen, I, I haven't gotten a single question from relatives or friends over the last couple of days on crypto. I, I think that you and I, Danny, sometimes we forget in the in the Twitter world that we live in and doing CNBC and doing our podcast that we are obsessed. We talk about this stuff all the time, and you know that, that it's just such a like a niche part of um, you know the kind of zeitgeist, as it will, of the people around us who are not in. Finance 
financial markets. You know what I'm saying? So like, like my take is, is that um, those correlations are really interesting to track. I keep uh, seeing, you know, like some data about the versus uh, rates versus the dollar versus uh, high growth stocks, for, you know, with, with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And, and no one's really nailed that down. I'll, I'll just say this is that I look for every opportunity this year. And I think I've been fairly consistent on it. You and I have been doing on the tape with guys since the start of January. I, I bought every dip um, in Ethereum and I just continue to do it. And then for the first time in the last couple of months, and this might be the top people, I, I bought a couple NFTs. You know why? I just got some free internet money and an airdrop on some, I registered some .eth names and they gave oh, me sounds tokens. Great, Dan. No, yeah. I know, but, but my point is, I didn't do anything for it. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. that's kind of the mentality. The stock market's a lot harder here. I mean, like I, I believe, and I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know. I'm looking at my screens today. I'll tell you some stuff that I think I want to buy. Okay. Look at Expedia. Okay. Expedia in March was trading, I don't know, close to like $185 when it seemed like the vaccine rollout was going really well and the economy was going to be like inflecting and the global economy was going to get better over the course of this year because the vaccines were to roll out better across then and then it went all the way down to almost 135 in the summer that was on the delta so 185 to 135 we just made a new high above 190 earlier this month and now we're at 160 Expedia seems like the sort of name that I want to start to pick at. Here's another one, Live Nation. I don't know about you guys, but if you can't get a hold of that thing that you want to buy, you know, for your you know, spouse or your kid or your uncle or whatever the hell it is for Christmas because of the supply chain disruptions, one thing sure as shit that's not shutting down again are sports games and concerts. Danny, you and I were out at Ohana Fest in September. I've been to like 10 concerts um, this year. So Live Nation to me, look at the chart on this one at 103, okay? This stock, again, has a similar sort of pattern um, as what we saw, you know, in the spring with some of the travel related names. This stock was trading after its results earlier this month was trading as high as. Uh, 127, nearly 128. It's 103 and a half. Came right back down to that breakout level or that consolidation level in October near 100. Live Nation looks really interesting to me. Um, what do you got, Dan? You got a buy list? You got a, like a holiday buy list that you're thinking about here? You mean put options? Uh, you, mean, you mean you mean that kind of? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, Listen, I stocks though that make sense, right? And and then there's others that don't make sense, like that Home Depot. You know, again, it's like whatever you think has gone on in the housing trade, and everything like that. I think that move from the breakout last month, the stock broke out at three forty three, is trading at four oh five, and is like barely down to the yeah. Down listen, I think the point. energy stocks. Listen, I think the energy stocks obviously are gonna are gonna take a huge breather when you have oil trading down like this. If you believe that we're not going to go to a standstill in the economy, I think oil and energy stocks will kind of revert, you know, come back up here a little bit. I think people were not positioned well last week. They're probably not positioned well today, but I'm probably by the dip on some of these energy names are still really cheap. Um, people that want to hold their nose and do that. I mean, I think these retail names I would still avoid. I don't understand where Macy's and some of these stocks have gone back to 2019 levels, even above where they were pre-pandemic. Those don't make sense to me, right? I wouldn't be buying the rental car companies on dips. I think those are somewhat expensive. The airlines, I do agree with you, certain ones. You can buy I got here. one more. I got one more for you. Well, first I like all, utilities I too. I was just going to say, I like the utility stock. So, sorry, people Dan, are, go ahead. People are, people are clicking off, as you're saying, the, the utility stock. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. 
Here, here's another one I throw in that camp. American Express traded nearly 190, okay, in October after its earnings. The stock is getting creamed down eight and a half percent today, trading at 157, down nearly $15. I mean, that seems a little aggressive. It's basically trading below the consolidation, Danny, in August and September when literally Delta was the story, right, for those sorts of names. So I throw American Yeah, they have a huge travel business on top, right? Not just, it's not just and corp- corporate corporate and correct. Yeah. Corporate, so, 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 so to me, I mean, I think also that higher end consumer will be something um, yeah. that that holds up pretty well. Um, I'd also think, you know, I mentioned this on Fast Money the other night, I think that Pinterest, Snap, Twitter, these names have gotten absolutely slayed. They're down like 30%. I mean, Spot was down 20, or excuse me, Snap was down 25% in a day following these earnings. I think some of those names could be like good um, rally candidates into, um, into year end. And, and then the other thing is, I don't think those Niedermeyer trades, this is the yeah. uh, work from home, work out from home, school from home, teledoc from home, you know, all, I don't think those are good presses on the short side. I mean, like, I think the narrative is what's changed. I think trying to short those things for another 10, 20% move lower once this thing comes out, there's much better trades in the market there, you know, in my opinion. So um, uh, I just I just say that. I would say one of, Dan, I'd like names like AMC, not to harp on something. Yeah. Like, that's a double whammy today, right? So if you truly believe that people aren't doing things and they're not going to the movies, forget the stock doesn't trade on fundamentals. Give credit to the, give credit to the ape community who sits there and still buys this thing and holds this thing because that's one that still confounds me right now. Like I would be selling that to buy something else is my point. So there's still things out there. If you like, we're not near. I'm not saying the market's going to have a massive correction from here, but when you still see things like that trading at the levels that it is, it still gives me the, the, the fear that we haven't figured this whole thing out yet. So that's a name that still makes me nervous. So um, on the long side, for sure. So yeah, no, I, I yeah. listen, I, I, let's talk about this crude move. I know that we talked about it just just a second ago as it relates to like airlines and the tailwind uh, in your bad pun. Um, you know, crude, this move in, in crude is 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 significant i mean like it's been in this downtrend you know where i felt on crude i just didn't think uh, i know we had this conversation last week and i know tom lee mentioned it um on our show and on twitter that he thought that the biden administration tapping the spr the strategic petroleum reserve was going to backfire and my takeaway was pretty pretty eh, you know like it was just 35 to 50 million barrels in its totality and america uses 20 million and it just wasn't a big deal it was more like how the fed jawbones things to have this sort of move that people had their their their, their finger on the tr- on the trigger like that is really interesting don't you think i mean what do you make of that and do you think that that volatility is really playing into why the vix is up you know 45 percent or something like that because these are the sorts of dislocations that could get the stock market a few percent from its all-time highs really going the wrong way and you've been talking uh, you know you you actually i think on, on one of these spaces or our podcast last week you're like watch high yield watch some of these potential dislocations this is how things get weird in the stock market yeah listen when you have moves like this in in major um sectors right whether it's oil or rates whatever there's always damage right there's always going to be uh scar tissue that's left as a result and whether people cover positions they'd rather not whether they buy things they'd rather not whatever it might be so i just think again i just think we're in this period of time where it's uncharted territory for everybody including us who've, tra- who've traded many different time periods and sectors there is no playbook for this so i think what you're just seeing is a market today that's not very liquid um, you've seen in in all the commodities and you know including the rates and and all those trades 
lack of liquidity at certain times with these massive moves, it's never healthy because it's, someone's always getting damaged on that. So to yeah. me, that's the scarier part here is the lack of the dealer community. When I say dealers, those are the big banks, obviously being as involved as they have to, to play a role in kind of um, greasing the market, so to speak. And they're really not there. So you're seeing the impact of that. And I think we're getting a little preview of potentially what can when the Fed actually starts raising rates or whatever, because the irony here, Dan, is that if to to your point, what would make the market rally if it was open on the back half of the day? It'd be okay. Let's take a deep breath. So maybe there's a variant that's a little bit worse than expected. Well, that'll delay the Fed. What's really yeah. the driver of the market here, and what has it been for the last decade has been the Fed, right? So the scary thing to me, if you told me like we we actually talked about this, if you said there'd be a respite a little bit and rates would gradually move higher and the Fed wouldn't have to taper quicker and maybe they push out a rate hike, that's probably the best case scenario for the stock market, right? And I just think we're just in this period of unknown right now. And that's also well, it's, a, matter it's the best yeah. case scenario for the stock market near term if you're thinking about what is the sort of thing that keeps risk asset prices elevated, specifically stocks, specifically food they're targeting uh, like the 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 impact of what a negative wealth effect from the stock market going lower i think cnbc tweeted this out um yesterday cnbc.com maybe amanda can find the article it was something like it was the lowest percentage of americans own the greatest percentage of stocks you know what i mean so you see what yep. happens right and you know we that's something that you know is a, is a great headline um if you want to focus on what the fed's effect is on on the stock market and as guy adami likes to say their dual mandate sometime in the last 10 years shifted from uh, price stability and full employment to uh, maintaining the price stability of the NASDAQ and the S&P 500, which I always get a chuckle at. Let's talk real quickly about the Russell 2000 here. This is one that we've been talking about, small caps. They finally broke out. A lot of people um, thought that the, the breakout after a nine-month consolidation for the better part of this year, when it happened just last month, that was kind of confirming the fact that it's all systems go. We're headed higher here. You know, the, the, the Russell 2000 is down 9% from that false breakout it's firmly back in that consolidation period we know that a lot of the stocks in that index okay they get i don't know 70 75 of their sales from the u.s here so what is that saying to you about the reflation trade globally um i'm just curious because to me it kind of says that you know what the s p 500 and the nasdaq 100 where six stocks make up 25 percent of the s p and six stocks make up you know 50 percent of the nasdaq 100 that's why those stock that's why those indices outperform wasn't this thing the last thing to kind of rally kind of last in first out the russell finally caught a caught a bid on the last you know four to six weeks kind of caught up to the market started to outperform the markets and now it's probably the it's going to be the worst performer right it's like last in first out to your point it was the kind of the last tail of momentum that came into the market and now it's underperforming so i just think that's what that is i think your point is well taken on where they are exposed versus some of these other indices which aren't really as representative per se of, of the broad market so um, all right. Well, we got a couple minutes left there, Danny. Let's just kind of like talk a little bit about a playbook here. I'm just going to look around my screen. So I'm going to tell you what I think is most interesting. Okay. I think Apple, and we talked about this last week, down nearly 3% is interesting to me because Apple kind of retook, you know, it was going back and forth between like market cap leader with Microsoft. And I mean, like market cap leader, meaning two and a half trillion going back and forth as like the largest. And that move of late, when it just kind of was touching 150 or was like, like below 150 earlier this month, and then literally just went up 10% in a straight line to about 165, um, that was really, 
Uh, I did not see that as bullish for the broad market whatsoever. That you had all this devastation under the hood and so many different sectors. And I don't give a shit about like the rotation in the banks because rates were rallying or the rotation into oil because crude was rallying. They make up what? 10% combined at most, right, of the S&P 500. But Apple, you know, that move, that was significant, you know. And so I just thought that was really bearish. So the fact that that's down, um, you know, nearly 3% today, Microsoft's down nearly 2%, Amazon's down 1.5%, Google, Alphabet, after its big rally, down 2%. That's the only thing I give a shit about. And then, as you've said this, Tesla will be that last battle fought in this market, right? And that thing has been very volatile since, um, you know, since uh, what's his name ran ahead of the company and sold stock. And what's his name? Everything. Yeah, what's his name? Right. All right, yeah. get in there. Talk to me. So what are you most focused on here? No, listen, I'm looking at everything. Listen, we, we're going to have to climb a wall of worry here over the next kind of four to six weeks, right? Going into 22, the debt ceiling issues. We haven't done the build back better. A lot of infighting in Washington still. And listen, we haven't talked about it on this podcast, but I believe the cannabis stocks are set to have a massive rally. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of news in the next few weeks on that. All right, how do we play it? What are you looking for? And let's preview. Danny's going to be sitting down with Brady Cobb, who's been on, on the tape with us. Tell everybody a little bit about Brady. Tell us about who your guest is going to be on Monday. That podcast is going to drop on Tuesday. Um, and w- what should people be thinking? I can't yeah, we're going to have Nancy Mace. We're going to have yeah. Nancy Mace on. Uh, Brady and I are going to interview her. Who is Nancy Brady? Mace and why is it important? Yeah. She's a House member from the state of South Carolina. She introduced uh, a States Act version of the of the SAFE Act, basically a states bill for cannabis. And um, very logical bill. And her, her background is um, she used cannabis years ago to, to, to treat herself for depression, I believe. She's going to talk about that as opposed to oil opioids or anything else and and she made headway and i think she's really forcing the democrats here to move forward on the safe act so for people that aren't paying attention there's the ndaa which is a national defense authorization act which is kind of a mandatory pass it's the one bill in washington that always passes obviously um for the safety of our country and you can throw certain things in there in the house version of the ndaa it has the safe act in it which is the bill that's passed the house five times already which basically gives banks cover to lend into the cannabis sector which just make the lives easier and lower the cost of capital trade on the exchanges etc and and so that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks and the senate version didn't have it in it but they go to something called conference committee so brady and i are going to talk on monday about that process what to expect over the next couple of weeks and i think this is the best chance the cannabis sector has had for a meaningful bill to pass and the only thing holding it up is expungements which should happen it should happen on the federal level so biden should get in there and just expunge you know expunge criminal offenses for cannabis and get rid of those that will take care of the social justice or some of the social justice yep. aspects and we can get this thing done so I think these names, and really the only way to play it as a U.S. investor for the U.S. names is some of these ETFs, whether it's MSOS or CNBS, and they're buying those U.S. names on swap. It's not the most efficient way to do it, but it's so anyway, we're going to talk to her. She really has only given one or two interviews, so I think it'll be good, and we're going to kind of... That's awesome. All right, so this MSOS, this is like the largest um, ETF, Danny, and, and you think it like lacks that idiosyncratic risk of individual names here. And what's the I'm just looking at this. this well, you can't really, yeah, you can't really buy them. They're all pink sheets. Yeah, they're all pink sheets in the U.S., so it's like very difficult. The only names that people know they can buy on the U.S. exchanges are the names up in Canada, the canopies and tilrays of the world. So it's just, you know, it's just not an efficient market. It's not sponsored by institutions yeah. yet, but overall, I think we're still in the early innings. So 
Anyway, something to keep an eye on. If you're All asking right. me what I'd be buying, I think it's those names here. So. All right. Anyway. So that podcast with Brady and, and Representative Mason Danny is going to drop on Tuesday in the on-the-tape feed. So definitely check that out, people. That's going to be one that's tradable, in our opinion. We gave you some picks of some things that we think are kind of beaten up that we want to keep an eye on that we think that maybe knee-jerk reaction because of this kind of variant news um, makes some sense here. Amanda's been tweeting some of that stuff out. Also, do us a favor. Look at this tweet from Market Call. Amanda has pinned it in this space. Um, Guy and I are going to be hosting um, this 2022 Outlook um, on December 8th. It's going to be live. It's going to be on our Market Call feed. It's hosted by FactSet. We're going to have a bunch of their experts on it. So please register um, for that. That's going to be excellent. It's going to be kind of our look ahead here and dealing with really the FactSet people there. So check that out. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, happy Black Friday, whatever that means. I will go through today and not buy a single thing. I'm sure my kids are buying some stuff here. My wife, Danny, thanks for joining us. Amazing. You got it, man. Thanksgiving. Have a great weekend, um, everybody. This recording will be in our podcast feed also, so check that out here, people. we got a lot of great stuff going on there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, CME, for sponsoring. And we will see you guys all early next week. Check out Danny's bonus episode with Brady Cobb and Representative Mace. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.